Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Los Vegas. Happy, happy Tuesday. One and all, it is Thanksgiving week, just two days away. Can you believe that it is Thanksgiving week? You're listening to The Frittle Show. This is 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. Coming to you from Studio B. It's like my home away from home out here. And this is our last official episode, if you will, of 2016. It has been a fantastic year. Thanks so much to all of you who have taken the time to listen, whether it's once or twice or every day on your way to work or school or wherever else. You know, it. it I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have a job if you didn't listen. And so I, you know, I, I kind of like having a job and I really appreciate that you take the time uh, to spend your time with us here on the show and on KVXL Radio. I'm excited about the next few weeks. I will still be here in the mornings. Well, not the rest of this week. The rest of this week, I'm going to be doing Thanksgiving, obviously. Hopefully you are as well with your family and or friends. Uh, But we'll resume next Tuesday. What we're going to be doing If you've been listening, you know that starting tomorrow, we're going to transition to all Christmas music all the time. And the Christmas story will be thrown in there. Maybe we'll throw in a couple different Christmas specials of programs. But for now, the programming is set as it's just all Christmas music. And I think you're going to love it. Obviously, we'll still play uh, our, our services here at Liberty. We'll still be streaming those on Sundays and Wednesdays, which, by the way, tonight... Tuesday, 7 p.m. is our Thanksgiving praise service. There is no service tomorrow. There is no Wednesday night service this week. So that those of you that are traveling for Thanksgiving uh, won't miss out on our service. So you won't be here tonight. There won't be a WANA, but there will be child care provided. So come on out. Join us for our Thanksgiving praise service tonight here at Liberty, 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard at 7 p.m. But okay, so what I was saying is we're transitioning to Christmas music. And what's going to happen is starting next week, a week from today, I will still be here in the studio. I will be live in the morning. Uh, so if you're listening to the to the evening rerun, you won't have this opportunity. But if you're listening live in the morning, what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to call in and request your favorite Christmas songs. You know, maybe we haven't played it yet, or maybe you just heard it five minutes ago and you really want to hear it again. Whatever it may be, you are going to be able to call in and request songs, and I will play them for you. It'll be live DJing rather than doing like news and history and talking and talking and talking some more. It will be, I'm just going to be DJing. We're going to be having a good time leading up to Christmas, and then obviously for uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, that will no longer be a possibility because I won't actually be here. And then uh, starting up again next year, whatever is the first Monday of next year, what is it, the 2nd, January 2nd? Yeah, looks like January. No, probably not January second. Probably January third, will be uh will be resuming our regularly scheduled programming just because uh, I won't probably be back in time to prepare for a show that Monday. 
but we'll see. Either way, the normalcy of the show, if you will, if there we have any normalcy on this show, will resume in January. Christmas music begins tomorrow. But before we get to Christmas, we have to talk about Thanksgiving. And that's where we're going to start the show. Actually, that's what we're going to do the entire show on today. It is all about Thanksgiving and giving of thanks and the pilgrims and things that I'm thankful for. That's what the whole show is about today. Thanksgiving. And we've done, I don't know, I think it's something like 256, 257, somewhere in the 250s numbers of uh, shows this year. That, to me, is amazing. You know, people ask me, I asked myself, when you have to do a daily show, what are you going to talk about every day? I was like, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how you have an hour show and have different things to talk about every single day. That That's pretty kind of... I mean, a little bit scary, and at some point in your day, you're supposed to prep, and then you you also are working all the time, so somehow you have to do that all together, and yet God has allowed us to do over 250 uh, live shows, which to me is incredible. It may not seem amazing to you. It amazes me that that has happened. It amazes me that we have a radio tower that broadcasts, and our signal actually got stronger this year, which is also amazing to me. We've heard some great stories this year about people that have been listening to our radio station and then have contacted the different programs that we air uh, looking for help or looking for guidance or looking for uh, a church home in their area. And we have just been delighted to hear those stories. And that is made possible because of you. We are a nonprofit station. You might hear about uh, Krispy Kreme or you might hear about Hope Christian Health Center or State Farm. They sponsor our station. So we we run uh, underwriting. Uh, thank yous for them, but other than those three, we are completely uh, we're we're nonprofit. They donate to us. Uh, they sponsor our station. They're not a it's not an ad revenue. It's a sponsorship, and we're grateful to them for that and for their faithful giving to our station this year. If you'd like to be part of giving to uh, Experience Liberty Radio, if you appreciate the mystery, you can actually go to our website kvxl101.com, and there's a link on there that you can donate right to uh, the radio ministry so that we can continue to air the programs that we air uh, and pay the bills so that we can pay play music for you. Because every time we play a song, we're playing royalties on that song. So that uh, we appreciate those sponsors that allow us to bring that to you since we are not running ads as a non-prof station. All right, so what shall we do? Now that I've just done that incredibly long introduction for you, I think it's time, I think it is time, that we talk about Thanksgiving. Are you ready for this? Now, no shame here. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I was I was going to type up this whole big thing about Thanksgiving. I was just going to just going to wax poetic and then I realized that I didn't need to because David Barton over at Wall Builders has already written this this incredible uh tale of Thanksgiving and so he, he's a friend of our ministry. He and Rick Green over at Wall Builders Rick Green has actually been on our program uh, several times. He's been here at Liberty. So we're just going to borrow this from them. This is from David Barton over at Wall Builders and it's called Celebrating Thanksgiving in America. You ready for this? Here we go. Let's talk about some Thanksgiving. The tradition introduced by European Americans of Thanksgiving as a time to focus on God and his blessings dates back well over 4 centuries in America. 
For example, such Thanksgivings occurred in 1541 at Palo Duro Canyon, Texas, with Coronado and 1,500 of his men. In 1564 at St. Augustine, Florida, with French Huguenot or Protestant colonists. Again in 1598 at El Paso, Texas with Juan de Rolante and his expedition. In 1607 at Cape Henry, Virginia with the landing of the Jamestown settlers. And in 1619 at Berkeley Plantation in Virginia and many other similar celebrations. But it is primarily from the Pilgrim's Thanksgiving celebration of 1621 that we derive the current tradition of Thanksgiving Day. The Pilgrims set sail for America on September 6, 1620, and for two months braved the harsh elements of a storm-tossed sea. Upon disembarking at Plymouth Rock, they held a prayer service and then hastily began building shelters. However, unprepared for such a harsh New England winter, nearly half of them died before spring. Emerging from that grueling winter, the Pilgrims were surprised when an Indian named Samoset approached them and greeted them in their own language, explaining to them that he had learned English from fishermen and traders. A week later, Samoset returned with a friend named Squanto, who lived with the Pilgrims and accepted their Christian faith. Squanto taught the Pilgrims much about how to live in the New World, and he and Samoset helped forge a long-lasting peace treaty between the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag Indians. Pilgrim Governor William Bradford described Squanto as a special instrument sent of God for our good. He never left us till he died. That summer, the pilgrims, still persevering in prayer and assisted by helpful Indians, reaped a bountiful harvest. As Pilgrim Edward Winslow, later to become the governor, affirmed, God be praised, we had a good increase of Indian corn, and by the goodness of God, we are far from want. The Grateful Pilgrims therefore declared a three-day feast in December of 1621 to thank God and to celebrate with their Indian friends. This was America's first Thanksgiving festival. Ninety Wampanoag Indians joined the Pilgrims for three days of feasting, which included shellfish, lobsters, turkey, cornbread, berries, venison, and other foods. They also played. The young Pilgrim and Wampanoag men engaged in races, wrestling matches, and athletic events and it was a time also for prayer. This celebration and its accompanying activities were the origin of the holiday that Americans now celebrate each November. However, while the pilgrims enjoyed times of prosperity for which they thank God, they also suffered extreme hardships. In fact, in 1623, they experienced an extended and prolonged drought, knowing that without a change in the weather there would be no harvest and the winter would be filled with death and starvation. Governor Bradford called the pilgrims to a time of prayer and fasting to seek God's direct intervention. Significantly, Shortly after that time of prayer, and to the great amazement of the Indians who witnessed the scene, clouds appeared in the sky and a gentle and steady rain began to fall. As Governor Bradford explained, it came without either wind or thunder or any violence, and by degrees in abundance, as that ye earth was thoroughly wet and soaked therewith, which did so apparently revive and quicken the decayed corn and other fruits as was wonderful to see, and made the Indians astonished to behold, and afterwards the Lord sent them such seasonable showers with interchange of fair warm weather, as through his blessing caused a fruitful and liberal harvest to their no small comfort and rejoicing. The drought had been broken. The fall, therefore, produced an abundant harvest, and there was cause for another Thanksgiving. The pilgrim practice of designating an official time of Thanksgiving spread into neighboring colonies and soon became an annual tradition. And just as those neighboring colonies followed the pilgrim's example of calling for days of Thanksgiving, so too did they adopt their practice of calling for a time of prayer and fasting. The New England colonies developed a practice of calling for a day of prayer and fasting in the spring and a day of prayer and thanksgiving in the fall. 
The Thanksgiving celebration, so common throughout New England, did not begin to spread southward until the American Revolution, when Congress issued eight separate national Thanksgiving proclamations. Congress also issued seven separate proclamations for times of fasting and prayer for a total of 15 official prayer proclamations during the American Revolution. America's first national Thanksgiving occurred in 1789 with the commencement of the federal government. According to the congressional record for September 25th of that year, the first act after the framers completed the framing of the Bill of Rights was that Mr. Elias Boudinoy said he could not think of letting the session pass without offering an opportunity to all the citizens of the United States of joining with one voice and returning to Almighty God their sincere thanks for the many blessings he had poured down upon them. With this view, he moved the following resolution. Resolved that a joint committee of both houses be directed to wait upon the President of the United States to request that he would recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and of prayer. Mr. Roger Sherman justified the practice of thanksgiving on any single event, not only as an admirable one in in itself, but also as warranted by a number of precedents in Scripture. This example he thought worthy of a Christian imitation on the present occasion. That congressional resolution was then delivered to President George Washington, who heartily concurred with the request and issued the first federal Thanksgiving proclamation, declaring in part, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor, now therefore... I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, 1789, that we may all unite to render unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection. That was the first official national thanksgiving. That same year, in 1789, the Protestant Episcopal Church, of which President Washington was a member, announced that the first Thursday in November would become its regular day for giving thanks, unless another day would be appointed by civil authorities. Following President Washington's initial proclamation, national Thanksgiving proclamations only occurred sporadically. Another by President Washington in 1795, six years later, one by John Adams in 1798, and again in 1799, and then no Thanksgiving proclamation until James Madison in 1814 and again in 1815. Most official Thanksgiving observances have occurred at the state level. In fact, by 1815, by uh, James Madison's second Thanksgiving proclamation, the various state governments had issued at least 1,400 official prayer proclamations, almost half for times of Thanksgiving and prayer, and the other half for times of fasting and prayer. Much of the credit for the adoption of Thanksgiving as an annual national holiday may be attributed to Mrs. Sarah Josepha Hale, the editor of Godey's Ladies Book, a popular ladies book containing poetry, artwork, and articles by America's leading authors. For two decades, she promoted the idea of a national Thanksgiving Day, contacting president after president until Abraham Lincoln responded in 1863 by setting aside the last Thursday of that November as Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving proclamation issued by Lincoln was remarkable not only for its strong religious content, but also for its timing, for it was delivered in the midst of the darkest days of the Civil War, with the Union having lost battle battle after battle throughout the first three years of that conflict. Yet, despite those dark circumstances, Lincoln nevertheless called Americans to prayer with an air of positive optimism and genuine thankfulness, noting that 
The year that is drawing toward its close has been fulfilled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. That remarkable Thanksgiving proclamation came at a pivotal point in Lincoln's spiritual life. Three months earlier, the Battle of Gettysburg had occurred, resulting in the loss of some 60,000 American lives. It had been while Lincoln was walking among the thousands of graves there at Gettysburg that he first committed his life to Christ. As he later explained to a clergyman, When I left Springfield, Illinois to assume the presidency, I asked people to pray for me. I was not a Christian. When I buried my son, the severest trial of my life, I was not a Christian. But when I went to Gettysburg and I saw the graves of thousands of our soldiers, I then and there consecrated myself to Christ. The dramatic spiritual impact resulting from that experience was not only visible in Lincoln's Thanksgiving Day proclamation and also his 1864 call for a day of prayer and fasting, but especially in his 1865 second inaugural address. Over the 75 years following Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation, presidents faithfully followed Lincoln's precedent, annually declaring a national Thanksgiving Day, though the, the date of the celebrations varied widely from proclamation to proclamation. In 1933, President Franklin Roosevelt began celebrating Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday of each November, and in 1941, Congress permanently established that day as the National Thanksgiving Holiday. So as you celebrate Thanksgiving this year, remember to retain the original gratefulness to God that has always been the spirit of this, the oldest of American holidays. Isn't that amazing? the history of Thanksgiving, and I love that, that Wall Builders brings it out like this and takes us through not just, here's what the pilgrims did, because I think you know most of us have a, a pretty good, solid understanding of wh who the pilgrims were and who Squanto was and, and what happened at that first Thanksgiving, but we don't know the history of, of how it came to be on the fourth Thursday of November. We, didn't, we don't often talk about the fact that uh, Lincoln's first Thanksgiving proclamation didn't come until after he had accepted Christ. We don't know that it wasn't until 1941 that it became an official American holiday. But since then, uh, it, has been, it has been proclaimed by every president since Congress established it. Here are a few uh, examples of Thanksgiving proclamations penned by some of our founding fathers. They're just incredible. Uh, Samuel Adams and Richard Henry Lee in 1777, they wrote this for their Thanksgiving proclamation when Congress uh, had recommended it. Congress recommends a day of Thanksgiving and praise so that the good people may express the grateful feelings of their hearts and join their humble and earnest supplication that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ to mercifully forgive our sins and to enlarge his kingdom which consisteth in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That was a, a, a recommendation by Congress. By Congress. Talking about our supplications, that our prayers might please God, and that through Jesus Christ our sins might be forgiven, and that his kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost would be enlarged. Congress wrote that. Not very long ago. It may seem long ago, but really, in the grand scheme of things, it was not that long ago. 
than Thomas Jefferson when he was governor. He said, I appoint a day of public thanksgiving to Almighty God to ask him that he would pour out his Holy Spirit on all ministers of the gospel, that he would spread the light of Christian knowledge throughout the remotest corners of the earth, and that he would establish these United States upon the basis of religion and virtue. That's Thomas Jefferson. Those who would rewrite history would have you think that Thomas Jefferson was an atheist or a deist or something else. Thomas Jefferson, his Thanksgiving proclamation was asking God to spread the light of Christian knowledge throughout the remotest corners of the earth and to pour out his Holy Spirit on ministers of the gospel. Then Governor John Hancock, another one of my favorites, he said, I appoint a day of public thanksgiving and praise to render to God the tribute of praise for his unmerited goodness toward us by giving to us the holy scriptures which are able to enlighten and make us wise to eternal salvation and to present our supplications that he would forgive our manifold sins and cause the benign religion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to be known, understood, and practiced among all the inhabitants of the earth. So, Thanksgiving Day proclamations in early America were, were just as much a, a call that, that God would open the eyes of people everywhere and that men and women would be saved as they were to a day of thanksgiving and praise. Is that not amazing? I love history. I just, I love Thanksgiving. I love this time of year. I love that Christmas is right around the corner. I love Black Friday shopping. I love everything about this week. It's actually my favorite week of the entire year for a plethora of reasons, which I won't get into, but just the fact that we get to set aside a day to take time with our families to remember how blessed we are, not only as, as Americans, but as, as Christians. I mean, it... It astounds me the things we go about our everyday lives, and we are so incredibly blessed. If you are a Christian living in America today, even if you're not a Christian, just the fact that if you are the average American today, you have running water, hot and cold, when you go to that spigot. You have indoor plumbing. Can you imagine? Some of you all think it's getting cold outside. Imagine if you had an outhouse, okay? You'd be doing your business outside all the time. That would not be fun. That would not be fun. And there are people still in the world today that do not have indoor plumbing. The indoor plumbing is something to be extremely grateful for. I never realized how grateful I was for indoor plumbing until I traveled to various parts of the world where they did not have indoor plumbing or what they called indoor plumbing was not anything like what we have here in the United States. And oh, yes, those two little tiny plies of... um what we call toilet paper are supposed to keep you for the entire week. And you're like, what? What? Anyway, after my last, uh, actually it was after my first trip overseas, I came back, I said, I will never again complain about an American bathroom. And I haven't. And I think of that every time the most disgusting bathroom at the most disgusting gas station in America, I guarantee you is not as bad as some of the places, um, that I have seen. And so every time I go into a bathroom here in the United States and I think, Oh, this is just not pleasant. Like, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this indoor plumbing that is in a secure place. Anyway, I won't get, <laughs> I won't get too in-depth there, but the, the things that we have, our families, the chance to, to have our children educated as we please, the chance to go to church and to worship God and to share the gospel with other people. People in other countries are arrested 
If you went to hand someone a track in other countries in this world, you would get thrown in jail. You don't get thrown in jail for doing that here in the United States. And there, there are so many opportunities that we have that m- many of us don't even take advantage of because we don't realize how blessed we are just to have these opportunities and the things that we have to thank God for. The fact that he makes his sun to shine on the evil and the good. I mean, isn't, I'm so glad that even if my, my, my neighbor is not living in fellowship with God, he's not like, all right, all right. Sun's not going to shine over your neighborhood anymore. No, he makes his sun to shine on sun to shine on the evil and the good. I'm just so grateful for all that God has given us. I mean, cars. We don't have to use horse and buggies anymore. I mean, they're kind of cool and they're novel, but we don't have to use them to get places. We don't have to send carrier pigeons or telegrams. You can live on the other side of the country and in a matter of moments be looking at your family and your friends live talking to them. I mean, imagine the difference. If you're, if you're on the East Coast and you're going to be a pioneer and you're going to set off on the Oregon Trail, which, by the way, was a fantastic game growing up, and I hear it's about to come all the rage again. Well, okay, I'm not going to tell you. I was going to go into Oregon Trail folklore from yesteryear, but I'm not going there. So you set off and you, 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 when you leave, you know that it's very possible, in fact, probably likely, that you will never see any of your family that you're leaving on the East Coast ever again, if you even survive. Now, and, and it's going to take you months, months, just to get to your destination, and then you have to hope that you get there in decent weather and that your supplies last and that you don't get attacked by renegades or bandits or whatever else. Wolves. Hope that you don't run out of ammunition. Hope that your gun doesn't break. Hope that the axle doesn't break on your wagon. Now? I want to get to the other side of the country? I get on a plane? I could be on the other side of the country in four and a half hours. Now it takes me about six till I actually get home. But six hours is a whole lot better than months. Anyway, technology. Yes, some people use it for evil purposes, but it is amazing how blessed we are in the things that we can do with technology. We can send the gospel all over this world for next to no cost thanks to technology. Places that are closed off to the gospel, we can still send the gospel there thanks to technology. We live and work and operate in such a blessed state. And it's so easy to take it to just sit and complain about our about our coworkers or about our job or about our, our days lack of days off or about the cold weather or the hot weather or the fact that my car window is broken or, or whatever else or the dog ate my shoe. Hey, be glad that you have two pairs of shoes. Be glad the dog didn't eat both pairs of shoes. Be glad you have a car. Be grateful for the car that you have, that there's a window that can be broken on it. We have so many things to be grateful for. Little things, big things, in-between things. I feel like there's a song in there somewhere, but I'm not going to sing it. 
And I'm so glad that we get to have this episode that the last, it just seems so fitting that our last real episode of the year is a Thanksgiving episode. And we're going to continue talking about all things Thanksgiving when we get back in just a few moments. But we're going to take a break and we're going to play a song. I've looked all over the place to find some songs that I thought, hey, these are good Thanksgiving songs. Because I don't know if you've ever noticed before, but there's not like, you know, we have, we have, Christmas music and I love Christmas music I would probably listen to Christmas music all year long just because it is my favorite music it's just fun it's it's it makes you warm and fuzzy and and it's just I mean it doesn't make you like a teddy bear I mean like it invokes good feelings in within you but there's not like this genre of Thanksgiving music you don't be like oh hey guys turn on 95.98 because they're running Thanksgiving music for the next three weeks. No, no, nobody does that. I mean, you're hard-pressed to find good Thanksgiving songs. So, but I looked, I searched far and wide. I found a newbie, which I actually think is really fun. It's just called, quite simply, Thank You, Lord. And Paul Beloshi sings it. It's a little more upbeat than, uh, than you might be used to, but I think the words are really good and the message is really solid. So we're going to play Thank You, Lord from Paul Beloshi, and then we'll be back in just a few minutes to continue with today's Thanksgiving special. Don't go away. Thank You, Lord from Paul Beloshi. There's a little bit of southern gospel slash bluegrass slash country, all kinds of fun stuff happening in that song but it's the message of that song which is what we are talking about today and that is thanksgiving it's a thank you lord for everything that we have and for all that he has done in our lives so we talked in the first segment a little bit about the history of thanksgiving and where thanksgiving came from but i i, I want to go back there for just a few minutes and then we'll we'll move into some other aspects of thanksgiving but the first ever national thanksgiving day proclamation as I mentioned in the last segment, was Thanksgiving 1789 from President George Washington. This is the first national Thanksgiving proclamation. It was made on October 3rd of 1789. It was then printed in the Providence Gazette and Country Journal on October 17th in 1789. And it read this, said, By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, first ever national Thanksgiving proclamation. George Washington said this, he said, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceful, peaceably, to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the de great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have since enjoyed, for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government 
environment for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general, for all the great and various favors which God has been pleased to confer upon us, and also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations, and we beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed, to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as those who have shown kindness to us, and to bless them with good governments, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as God alone knows to be best. First ever National Thanksgiving Proclamation from President George Washington. If you are just joining us, yes, we are talking about Thanksgiving on Tuesday. <laughs> That's okay, because... Thanksgiving is something that we should do every day. It's not necessarily just, you know, this this holiday. It's an, it's a fun name for a holiday, Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks, but it's an, it should be a daily part of our lives. We should be living with an attitude of gratitude every day for all the blessings that God has given to us. But if you're just tuning in now, we're talking about Thanksgiving today because if you haven't heard yet, tomorrow we transition to all Christmas all the time. There's going to be Christmas music. I'm excited about our Christmas music lineup. We have some really, really solid Christmas music. It's so good that I will probably be listening to it 24-7 uh, through the rest of the year. And you say, well, you listen to the radio station 24-7 anyway because you have to because that's your job. Well, you're right. But nevertheless, I'm still going to be listening to it. I'll probably even play it at home uh, on my computer, which you can do too, or your tablet or your smartphone. You can get, you can download our, our MyLBC app and that'll take you, you just hit, I think it's two clicks. You can get to our radio station. It'll play on your phone. If you have unlimited data or a Wi-Fi connection, that's uh, the only time that I would recommend that by the way. Uh, or you can play Stream it on whatever device you happen to have at home or using your home Wi-Fi. But we are going to be all Christmas all the time. And I, I may be a little bit biased, but I believe that our Christmas music library is second to none for uh, for good, uplifting Christmas carols and the traditional uh, Christmas music, as well as a nice blend of just some more uh, fun, happy uh, Christmas songs that aren't... Um, well, let's just say we don't play Santa Baby. So we have fun and we have good, solid Christmas music, and it's all mixed in together, and I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, what's going to happen with our Christmas lineup. We're also going to be doing 12 days of Christmas giveaways here on KVXL. So that'll be coming up in just a few weeks in mid-December leading up to Christmas Day. We'll be doing 12 days of giveaways. You're going to be able to call in uh, live between 7 and 8 a.m. to request your favorite Christmas music. It's going to be great. But before we get to Christmas, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And this is officially the last uh, reel, if you will. I'm doing air quotes right now, which you can't see. But, you know, this is the last real edition of the Friddle Show for this year because we're going to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we'll be off 
here the rest of the week and then uh for thing well i i won't be off the rest of the week but i won't be live in studio the rest of the week so my show won't be happening the rest of this week due to the thanksgiving holiday we'll resume live on tuesday morning but rather than doing the the usual frittle show if you will we will instead be doing the live djing of your favorite christmas music so for our last show of the year I, I couldn't just do normal. It had to be about Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is this week and I love Thanksgiving and I appreciate all of you who have listened this year. That is something that I am extremely thankful for. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here. I'm thankful for the opportunities that God has given us to broadcast here in Las Vegas and for all of the different programs that we have been able to play. I'm grateful for our sponsors for Krispy Kreme, Hope Health Christian Center and uh, and Mario Giannini's State Farm Insurance. They are they are helping us bring this programming to you because we are a nonprofit station, so we are very grateful to them uh, for their help in this way. So we're talking about Thanksgiving today. If you're just tuning in, I'm sorry, you missed a boatload of knowledge about the history of Thanksgiving. So we'll just give you, we'll give you guys that are that are joining us late. It's all right, I forgive you. Uh, the Bible commands me to do so, otherwise I might not. But uh, I do forgive you for missing out on the beginning of the show if you're just getting here. So we'll give you a little bit of Thanksgiving history trivia that maybe you haven't heard of, and the rest of you that have been listening the whole time, you just have a whole, a whole uh, boatload. Uh, depending on how big your boat is and how long you've been listening would determine how full that boatload is. But here is, here's our last little historical nugget. Then we're good. Well, it's not really our last. You'll see. You'll understand momentarily. Last one related to presidents, really. This is from uh, one of my favorite books. It's called The Greatest Stories Never Told, A Hundred Tales from History to Astonish, Bewilder, and Stupefy. The History Channel puts this out. They have a nice little collection of hundred greatest stories of, of different things. And uh, this is I, I love this book because it is, it is the stories you never hear, but some of them are really interesting. The only one in here about Thanksgiving was from 1939. All right, you ready for this? In 1939, Thanksgiving was scheduled to fall on the last day of November. Retailers lobbied President Franklin Roosevelt to move it one week earlier in order to lengthen the Christmas shopping season. FDR wanted to do anything he could to help a still shaky economy, so he agreed. In the middle of August, he casually announced to reporters that Thanksgiving would come a week earlier that year, as well as the next. The decision quickly became front-page news, and it sparked a firestorm of controversy. The White House was flooded with letters, and cartoonists had a field day. Especially aggrieved were calendar makers, whose products were suddenly inaccurate, and high school football coaches upset to find that the big Thanksgiving game was no longer on the right day. The issue divided the country. 23 states in 1939, not that long ago, 23 states decided to celebrate on the original date, regardless of the presidential proclamation, while 23 others, uh, so if you're doing the math there, it's 46, yes, very good, go do some history work, you'll find out why, while 23 others went along with the new date proclaimed by Roosevelt, Texas and Colorado, unable to decide, celebrated both. They had two weeks of Thanksgiving in Texas and Colorado. The following year, Roosevelt sheepishly admitted that the whole thing was a mistake and returned Thanksgiving to its original date. It was then, because of this fiasco and national division, that Congress passed a law setting the date in stone so that no president could ever mess with Thanksgiving, and thus Thanksgiving officially became forever and always in the United States the fourth Thursday in November. 
Oh man, we are so quickly running out of time here. It is amazing how quickly seconds and minutes go by if you're actually watching it happen. Other shows, <laughs> it's amazing how slowly they go by. But this one has been has been quick. Th things that are moving fast here. So I only have a few minutes left. So let's end let's end with some fun stuff. Do you know why you eat what you eat on Thanksgiving? I mean, we're, we're going to sit down on Thursday, most of us. We're probably going to have something uh, along the lines of turkey and stuffing and cranberry sauce and maybe some, some pumpkin pie. My dad, by the way, makes the best pumpkin pie. And then you freeze it. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's good, but you have to have whipped cream with it. All right, but how, how did it happen that we have turkey and cranberry sauce and stuffing and all this stuff? I mean, was that really what the pilgrims were eating? Well, not necessarily. Turkey probably actually wasn't the main course at the original 1621 uh, traditional Thanksgiving that we that we remember where the pilgrims are at Plymouth they they would have had wild turkeys for sure but uh the thing is, the, the, the man who gave us, the colonist Edward Winslow, who wrote the first-hand account of uh, the, the pilgrims at Plymouth, he doesn't explicitly mention turkeys. Now, there were wild turkeys. There's still wild turkeys along the eastern seaboard, so probably they did have turkeys. Uh, he mentioned that they had wild fowl, but it, it may have been ducks or geese. So, why, why the turkey? Well, uh, mentalfloss.com, yeah, don't ask, uh, it has this explanation, which I found fascinating. It says, while the idea of giving thanks and celebrating the harvest was popular in certain points of the country, it was by no means an annual national holiday in early America. Presidents would occasionally declare a Thanksgiving Day celebration, but the holiday didn't catch on nationwide until after Lincoln's proclamation during the Civil War. Many of these early celebrations included turkey. In fact, Alexander Hamilton once remarked that, quote, no citizen of the United States shall refrain from turkey on Thanksgiving Day, unquote. I mean, you want a Hamilton story for this week? I promised I wouldn't do politics, so I'm not going to. But if you want a, a real story about Hamilton, let's talk about the fact that he once said that no, no American shall refrain from eating turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Okay? Now, when Bradford, William Bradford, the governor of, uh, of the, the Pilgrims, were, when his journals were reprinted in 1856 after being lost for a century, we learned that colonists had hunted wild turkeys during the autumn of 1621, and since turkey is a uniquely American and scrumptious bird, it gained traction as a Thanksgiving meal of choice for Americans after Lincoln declared Thanksgiving in 1863. Additionally, there were pragmatic reasons for eating turkey rather than, say, chicken at a feast like Thanksgiving. It's because turkeys are big birds. If you've never met a turkey in real life, I'm telling you they're huge. Turkeys are large enough they can feed an entire family. A big family. Unlike chickens or cows, they also don't serve any real other purpose. Like chickens, you, you can keep them to have lay eggs, and you can eat the eggs. Or, or cows, you can milk and drink the milk. And, unlike pork, turkey wasn't so common that it didn't seem like a suitable choice for a special occasion. But, but, what many believe is the reason why we eat turkey on Thanksgiving is because of Scrooge. Scrooge is the one that many historians blame for making turkey a holiday tradition in America. Remember A Christmas Carol? In 1843, A Christmas Carol, many believe, may have helped force the turkey's cause as a holiday delicacy when Scrooge, ma Scrooge magnanimously sends the Cratchits 
a Christmas turkey. Oh, and by the way, there was no cranberry sauce at the first uh, Thanksgiving. But because, you know, making cranberry sauce requires sugar because the main ingredient in cranberry sauce, you may think it's cranberries, but it is in fact sugar. And sugar was a rare luxury at the time of the first Thanksgiving. So they may have eaten cranberries because there were lots of those, but cranberry sauce, no. But what they did have plenty of was venison. So while you're eating turkey this Thanksgiving, the, the pilgrims were probably not eating turkey to the degree that you were. Now, it did, it did catch on later on, and they probably had some turkey, but their main meat was, uh, was venison and most likely fish and shellfish. So really, if you, if you want to be like the pilgrims this Thanksgiving, it, you would probably be more accurate to eat a lobster than, say, a turkey. But personally, I prefer the turkey. It's a uniquely American bird. Uh, was it Jefferson? I think it was Jefferson wanted to make it the national bird of the United States. It's so uh, symbolic of Americana. Although I'm really glad that we did uh, go with the bald eagle. I think that was a good choice. Not for Thanksgiving. Not for Thanksgiving as a national bird. So there you have it. It could be. It could be because of Scrooge that you eat turkey this Thanksgiving. And that's all the time that we have left. This is the end. This is the end of the Frittle Show for 2016. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for being part of this show. We wouldn't have a show if you didn't listen. So I am so grateful to you for that. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. I hope you have a great Christmas. Christmas is coming. Christmas music starts here on KVXL tomorrow. You can stream it 24-7 at kvxl one hundred one. Dot com, And I was thinking, what's the best song for us to end with? The last official Frittle Show, last official song that we're going to play on our Thanksgiving special edition. And the, the best one that I could come up with uh, was Matt Redman's 10,000 Reasons. Because really, we're, we're going into Thanksgiving, and I, I talked about this earlier, but there's so many things countless things that we have to be thankful for and grateful for, not the least of which is our salvation through Jesus Christ. And so I'd encourage you, as you celebrate this Thanksgiving, you know, be sure to be grateful for the little things, what we call little things, like hot water and indoor plumbing, but also for the best thing that's ever happened to us, and that is that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth, which we're going to celebrate in a little over a month at Christmas, and He lived, and He died, and He raised again, and he's waiting in heaven for you to call upon him so that you can have eternal life and join him someday. All right. Without further ado, thanks, everyone. It's been a great year. We'll, we'll, we'll still be doing the show, by the way. Don't panic. Not, not, not the show, per se, but I will still be here. Uh, next Tuesday, I'll be back. We're going to do some live DJing of your favorite Christmas songs. I think that'll be really fun. But the show in itself is concluding the Frittle Show traditionally is concluding for this year. We'll resume in 2017. Hope to see you back here then. If you just can't handle it, you can always go to iTunes or SoundCloud and listen to past episodes of the show. Uh, if, if you just miss me that much, that would be okay. Just search The Frittle Show. Or you can go follow me on Facebook or Twitter at The Frittle, and we can, we can stay connected there. Thanks for listening. This is Matt Redman with 10,000 Reasons. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs>